Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Vincent Barbera. Vincent, are you ready to do this? I am, sir. Excellent. Good, day, good morning. Excellent. Let's let's do this. Vince is a CFP and MSFS. He is the co-founder and managing partner at Newbridge Wealth Management. Excited to have you on. Vincent, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah. Thank you very much, George. Um, so, uh, married, three kids, three boys, uh, 10, 8, and 6, and they inform pretty much all of my decisions in life. For sure. Uh, I actually started professionally at, at uh, the Vanguard Group, um, which is like a stone's throw away from here. So everybody in finance either starts from in this area at Vanguard or SEI. Um, I chose the Vanguard Group because that's what my mother told me to do. All right. So I got to listen to your mom then. Uh, but it was interesting in that uh, um, at that time I had the opportunity because I was actually this was like right after 9-11. I was working in advertising and I got laid off as most of us did in advertising. And I wanted to get in finance because the last six months uh, at my old gig in advertising, I was actually um, advising on people's 401ks. Um, you know, I was 24 at the time and people just came to me for advice on money hmm. and it was just sort of, I happened into it and I'm like, you know, I really dig this. It's very simple to me. You know, I'm able to sort of just make sense of the noise. And so I took that opportunity to really understand the landscape. I interviewed with Merrill. I interviewed with Ameriprise, Mass Mutual. I mean, everybody and anybody just to get an idea of what they did. Um, I was trying to avoid a hardcore sales role. I just really wanted to under, understand more about finance. My undergrad degree was in psychology. Um, so my finance, at least uh, in-depth finance knowledge was somewhat limited. So I, I found myself at Vanguard and I worked there for about five years and it was a fantastic learning experience. Got my CFP there, um, had the Vanguard name, you know, that covers that, that, that that's, there's some weight there with that, right? Yeah. Um, and then, um, I left Vanguard. There were some specific reasons. Um, and, uh, but I left Vanguard and joined a fee-based group. They collected some commission, not much on like term and long-term care, but they really wanted to expand their financial planning area. They were basically some investment guys from, uh, Shearson, which is actually Lehman, was Lehman Brothers, um, and Morgan. And, uh, so I did that for a few years. Um, and then about 35 years old, it was interesting when I first started with that firm, one of the founding principals said, um, you know, you're 30 years old now. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised in five years if you come upon a decision in your life to say, all right, you know, I'm, I either want to own a company or continue being what they call a Vanguardian, which is like clock in clock out type. So I'm like, all right, well, we'll see about that. You know what I mean? It, and then at 35 years old, the, I, I did have such a feeling. Uh, there was some real unrest. You know, the family had just started, and you start thinking about, all right, what's my legacy? What do I want to leave to my kids? You know, do I want to continue to be this employee, or do I want more? Um, so I, I wanted more. So uh, I left. I joined forces with a guy who uh, was a CFA, chartered financial analyst, and uh, we started Newbridge Wealth Management. 
And uh, it's been, you know, it's been fantastic. Um, I'm really able to create, you know, the service and the advice that, that fits best for my clients. Um, I don't have any, you know, it's, I'm feeling, so I don't need to push any product or anything. I just get paid for my advice and it's the best thing in the world. And as you probably know, George, it was maybe about that time. This is, you know, 2016, 15, I guess. Technology was really introduced into our industry. You know, as for the adoption of technology, financial services is, you know, one of the worst, one of the slowest. It's probably only behind healthcare. Right. Right. <laughs> um, but there were so many cool things coming. And I tried to incorporate some of those things into my old firm, but they they just wouldn't. So when we started Newbridge, it was like, you know, I'm an early adopter. You know, I had had, had the iPad uh, the first few months it came out. So I was I was geeking out. <laughs> on all this tech. I continue to geek out because um, there's new stuff. But the fantastic fantastic thing is, you know, I was able to charge less uh, because of the adoption of technology and becoming more efficient and all this great stuff. You know, uh, my old firm, we had about 18 people doing various functions where I can now have four people doing the same functions. Um, so it was fantastic. And as a result, I'm able to enhance the service we bring to our clients and, and really offer some, some, some good stuff and exciting stuff and constantly try to innovate. Um, and it's been absolutely fantastic. Nice. I appreciate that. And it's, it's, it, it's a beautiful thing when, when, when technology makes our lives better as, as, as opposed to the opposite. And I think for, for the most part, that's probably true. So, well, yeah. I've got a, I've got a two and a half year old son. I've got one on the way, so I I Congrats. can I can look into the future and see that uh, the same thing that informs your life and your decisions is probably going to be the similar thing that 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 does for me. And I know that a lot of the parents who are out there listening feel that same way. So I wanted to talk mm-hmm. to you a little bit about how how parents how 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 you counsel them to balance the, their their needs, obviously today with tuition payments coming up and then eventually retirement because that's a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. So our typical client, um, I guess I skew a little bit younger when you look at the industry, you know, early 40s. And our typical clients are really between the ages of, let's say, 38 and 50. Um, You know, maybe a little bit older than 50, but they're really mid-management. They're moving up quickly. They've had some acceleration in their career and that all of a sudden they find themselves maybe vice president, things along those lines where their employers are demanding a lot of time, right? Uh, but so is the family life. Because the kids now, I mean, George, wait till you get to travel baseball and all this <laughs> stuff. It's it's horrible. It's mind-blowing. It, it's, it's starting so young. Uh, first and second grade, mind you. So there's so much demands on your on your life, both professionally and personally. And that's usually the um, kind of the stake in the heart where it's like they come to us and say, please help. <laughs> you know, I, I'm swimming, you know, I'm drowning. I don't know what to do. Um, I need to really start uh, separating this stuff, um, getting some things off my plate, but understanding what my priorities are, right? You know, how can I balance all this? And it's interesting. What we do do is, because if you talk to a 45-year-old, even a 50-year-old nowadays about retirement, you know, their eyes glaze over. Like, we're right. talking about 20 years, you know? So what we've done is, um, you know, I tend to focus on cash flow. Um, uh, you know, obviously we take into account goals, you know, and goals-based planning, but I really try to 
dive down a little bit and look at cash flow. So when I'm working with these individuals, we try to break it up into more bite size type chunks um, and say, all right, let's look at your cash flow over the next five years, right? You know, whether that's camps, you know, all those various expenses over the next five years, um, uh, your income, you know, if there's any options that might be vesting, all this good stuff. But let's try to make smart decisions over these next five that will help ensure the following five are successful, right? And we'll worry about the retirement planning. We'll worry about getting Johnny over to Princeton. You know, that'll be part of it as well. But let's at least focus our energies on these next five. Um, and what I found is, at least for these individuals, breaking it down into something, because they do, they get overwhelmed to say, all right, am I saving enough for retirement, this right. and that. But it's so far out. And it feels like it's something that they can't control that they get overwhelmed and sometimes they don't do anything at all. So when you break it up, break it down into these five years, it's something a little bit more achievable, right? And they're able to focus on that. Um, and it seems to give them a little bit of more of a calming influence. Um, and every time we meet, it's like, all right, you know, how's things going? How, how are these, you know, these five years of cash flow? And you're just sort of, you're constantly moving it out. Um, and it helps. And that's, and that's it. And a lot of the times, too, our jobs, and I, you know, my psychology degree actually comes into play here a lot because we are career counselors. We are marriage counselors. You know, we do do it all. Um, and it's sometimes as simple as, you know, don't feel guilty about that or, you know, how to, how to phrase a conversation with their employer to get maybe an extra week of vacation, you know, is trying to find that balance. It's like, all right, if I ask for an extra week of vacation, maybe I'm going to be giving up something else. Well, if you give up, let's say 150 shares of your particular, you know, for using an example, if you give up some income to get that balance, well, is that worth it? And sometimes it's just like, you know, giving them permission to do that. Um, and, uh, you know, that's really what we try to do and what we try to try to uh, try to help them with. So a lot of the individuals come for that. Just like, oh, my God, it's less about. All right. You know, how much should I put in stocks? It's more about, you know, do you think I'm allowed to take that extra week of vacation? Yeah, it's funny when I wrote down the question, the idea of balancing between the needs today, tuition and retirement in the future, it, it was almost, I I almost got lost writing it because I'm like, how, how, how in the world are, are you supposed to have that conversation with somebody without absolutely overwhelming them and violating their planning tolerance and everything else? So I love the idea of let's really yeah. focus on the next five years because if we do a good job there, it'll really set us up for success five years after that. And you'll feel like you're in control. You'll feel more confident. You'll probably start to make better decisions. That's absolutely correct. And a lot of the individuals we work with, you know, are more on the executive. And I even create like the plan, you know, I create a SWOT analysis, you know, a lot more bullet points, things that they're able to digest and understand um, and give them a sense of accomplishment, you know, over these five years. So it feels like, all right, because they need to know, or, you know, I, I've achieved that. I can move on. They're, these guys are, you know, and girls, they're all high achievers. So you got to be able to say, all right, you've won that, you know, you've achieved that. Let's move on. Um, but it has to be much more sometimes short-term thinking. Yeah. I think I, 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 I love that. I think that we've been trained, especially people who are in business, to to approach things that way, to, to look at it from a SWOT analysis standpoint and cross items off lists. And I think that's nothing but a positive thing. And 
the yep. more great momentum that we can build and, and everything, then um, we're, we're, we're moving in the right direction. And yeah, yeah, I mean, thinking about it in terms of time horizon, that's those are actionable things. Those are controllable things. I have no idea what's going to be going on in my life. Obviously, to your point, you do do goal planning um, and have those conversations. But I mean, so much of that stuff is abstract and out of our control. Correct. Got it. So what, once you do get to uh, time to have a conversation about college planning, mm-hmm. are there are, are there a couple things that you really think people should be keeping in mind? Yeah, well, the one thing, too, is, uh, you know, I try to understand the landscape, um, the conversation people are having, um, you know, throughout the age group. So, so, for example, the one thing I've understood, even even different when I first got into the industry, like everything is starting younger. You know, that that's that is that's for real. I can't imagine how much younger it could get. But, for example, even, you know, in this area, high school is a big thing where the decisions you have, you know, a choice between maybe six high schools. Right. Um, in a 10 mile radius, public, private, parochial, the whole nine yards. And that can be a big decision. It, and, and obviously college as well. But you have to start thinking about this earlier than you want to now. So sometimes even for high school, like if you're looking at a private school, I mean, you got to start thinking about this in fifth and sixth grade. Um, I mean, sixth grade, you start having practice tests. This is for high school. Jeez. Right. And so you have to take that same approach with college. The one thing I've tried to do is surround myself with individuals that are experts in their field, not only for helping counseling the parents and the children, um, but also positioning the kids for success where let's say, for example, their grades aren't where they should be, right? Are there other things? And maybe they never will. Maybe they're just a B student or, you know, a high C or something. All right. If that's the reality trying to put pressure on, you know, Samantha to get up to an A, well, that might be too much. Right. All right. So let's think of the alternatives. What else can we do? What else, what else is she interested? Is it student council? Is it leadership positions, United Nation type stuff? Are there other things that we can bring to the table that aren't really grade specific, um, but to help her be successful and to make her more attractive to the colleges? And then maybe we become a little bit more specific with the colleges. Um, something along those lines, but just sort of force feeding things into these poor kids that might not make the most sense. Well, that's disaster. I mean, these kids are under so much pressure. I mean, I actually, my kids all do uh, Taekwondo and, uh, you know, I was listening to the seventh grade girl who was the older sister of, of one of the students at Taekwondo and she was t- seventh grade. She was talking about these three AP courses that she was in, Right. And she was maintaining a B average and I guess pre-algebra, but her teacher asked her to take it again in eighth grade because the whole class. Yeah. 85 wasn't good. <laughs> this girl's in seventh grade. I mean, this, <laughs> this, this to me is mind blowing, yeah. but it informs my decision into my conversations because this is the reality. Um, and so not only with the balance in your careers, but trying to bring this balance even with the children. So you have to be a lot more realistic, even with the college planning and specifically with the college planning, you know, you have the conversations early, like I say, seventh grade, where it's still far away, but, but it's becoming tangible. It's becoming real as to, okay, you know, let's say for example, you're looking at either like a Penn state or a sophomore, you know, one's going to cost you 55. The other one's going to cost you 30, Right. But what is your overall philosophy when it comes to college planning? 
um, in that are you going to try to pay for all of it for Johnny or do you want them to have a little bit of skin in the game? But, but having those conversations earlier when they're six or seven sort of helps even inform how much you should be saving for that, you know, or how you save. Do you throw it all to 529 or maybe you separate it between a 529 and a taxable, you know, or something along those that where it gives you a few options. Um, and a lot of times what the parents will come back is, you know, well, let's split it in third. So whatever the cost of college is, you know, part of it's going to be savings, right? Part of it's going to be Johnny in the form of either scholarships or student loans. And then part of it is going to be a current income. And then even when you look at current income, well, is there a cap as to how much you want to spend a year? Yeah, I don't want to spend any more than $15,000 a year for Johnny's education. He can go to Duke or Penn State. It's $15,000 a year. That's what I'm comfortable spending a year. Okay, we can work with that. And then you sort of know, and, and then you have to bring Johnny into the conversation to say, okay, this is the reality. This is how much I'm willing to give to you for college. If you feel as though you want to go to with Duke, there's going to be more responsibility on you to do that. You know, um, or some parents are like, well, we'll save all that we can. You know, we'll do what we can. So those conversations and just having them earlier, uh, like when I first, you know, in like 2000, 2001, 2002, um, it, you were having these conversations when the kids were like sophomore juniors in college. Right. The reality is you can't anymore. Yeah. Uh, and you have to bring the children into the conversation much more. Um, now the good thing is the cost of college is increasing a little bit less than it was, <laughs> but it's still a big nut. Um, and there has to be balance. There has to be balance like with everything. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that's it. It's just, it's, and then you plan for that. And uh, I mean, the kid really is, they don't know where they're going to go. You know, they don't know a lot of it might be who, where their peers go, but sometimes having the parents think about what is that number that you're comfortable at least coming out of current income, you know, and if you have three kids, you know, maybe it's $10,000 year, whatever that nut is. Um, but, but, it, but it helps because people are so worried. It's like, Oh my God, I need to save. $300,000 for college in 10 years, right? You do, but you don't. Um, so you got to really break that down, you know, and is there maybe five colleges that you're at least let's, let's look to see what the net cost is and what it might take to get into a college like that. Um, and then, but that's the crazy thing too, especially around here. I don't know if, what it's like down in Arizona, but you know, a suburb of a major city, it's insanely competitive. Um, sometimes even, uh, the tutors they have or the SAT prep, it's like, well, my, you know, my Johnny went to this SAT prep and it costs $3,000 and it's the best of the best. It's like, come on, really? <laughs> I mean, is it that much where you could spend maybe 50 bucks for like a Princeton SAT prep at your local high school right. and, you know, and you'll get the same, same thing. It's just, sometimes it blows my mind, George. I'm like, I just pray I am not one of those parents. There you go. Well, like there's a lot of wisdom there. And uh, that's that's a great way to be thinking about things. And again, making things digestible, you know, making things like I could take small bites of this, but it is a matter of it's so important that I am proactive. So, well, Vincent, Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Well, in similar vein um, is stay in your lane, right? Context matters in this world. It's all about the headline. 
but it's very important that you understand the color of that headline, what the story is. So for a lot of individuals, it's just comparing yourself to the guy next door or like what I just said, comparing the SAT prep. You, you have no idea. Just worry about what you can control. Save what you can, you know, live a nice, modest lifestyle. Don't get caught up. You know, just stay in your lane, worry about your family, your needs, you know, the needs of your family, um, and understand that context matters. You have no idea what's going on in another individual's household. Don't worry about it. Just do what you can control. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. And Vincent, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Yeah, you can uh, check out the website, uh, NewBridgeWealth dot com newbridgewealth.com uh feel free to follow us on twitter at newbridgewealth or my own handle which is at vrbst4 um but that's it man i love it well savage nation if you enjoyed this as much as i did show vincent your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas go to newbridgewealth.com follow them on twitter as well as vincent on twitter i'll list all those in the notes of the show thank you again vincent Thank you, George. Have a fantastic day, Bob. Yes. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it, and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course, and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on.